everyone. Uh, I've done a bad job of keeping track of these episode numbers. Is this seven? I think. Uh, shit, dude. What? I don't. Hang on. <laughs> I can check. I think you're. I think it's seven because Star was five, and then we did one that was just us for six. Yeah. All right. I think we're on episode seven. Yeah. So number seven. Yeah, and it is lucky pretty lucky because we have a guest episode, and Lance is here too. Uh, for, yay! For possibly the first time ever. No, uh, second time. Yeah, we had Luke. Lance right Luke. with Luke. Yep, my favorite I, episode actually. Bought my way past security and made Lance. it here. Thanks, Lance for Lance. <laughs> Thank Lance for Lance. Okay, so we should stop beating around the bush. Our guest this time around is Hallie. So would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. Um, <laughs> I'm really bad at these. I oh, It's like the worst loaded question. Um, what do you want me to say? Just like a bit about yourself, how long you've been DMing for, and what you do in the RPG scene, I guess, works. Oh, it's like no, just say your name over and over like a Pokemon. <laughs> Maybe your social security number and bank account. <laughs> oh, oh, my mother's maiden name, my favorite color, my first pet, my high school. Oh, what street you lived on and your first car. <laughs> exactly. So. Oh, first car I don't even remember. The back three numbers of your credit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this they have the CCV. Um, yes. So beyond all of that, uh, I'm Hallie. I am the DM, primarily the DM for the small Terraborn and a Dragonborn party. Uh, which is rapidly coming to a close on its campaign, but I also run a Curse of Strahd campaign, and I know B through uh, the charity streams that we do over on our Twitch channel. So that's how we met. Yes. And then I drug you into my madness. (laughs) I mean, I know you're so happy about that. And... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so primarily in the... the, uh, TT, RPG, and kind of RPG space. I run the group. Um, I do all of the social media handling. But ever since, I would say, when was that? October 2018, on and off, we've been doing charity events. So I'm also the charity and stream organizer for those. So I do everything from making the player rosters and getting people to come and play with us uh, to making the art and then organizing schedules and just making awareness happen for all of that. Okay, so what we can confirm is that you are a vampire because you obviously don't need to sleep. Yeah, you don't, you can't sleep with all that going on. That's called a type A personality. (laughs) That's what that (laughs) is. (laughs) That's a, and I work, you know, full-time job, so it's fine. I'm fine. (laughs) I promise. <laughs> no, I love it. I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. And that's kind of the whole point. Is no, that's awesome. fair. It's a labor Still, you have a yeah. very bizarre definition of fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would agree with you on that. We all. So, so uh, this one wasn't on any of the questions here. Uh-oh. But, uh, but I, I think it's a cool question to ask is like what would you say is the biggest difference between like the podcast style and streaming like what's the what's the beast cuz we us three our world is like the edited podcasting and such so like 
what would you say is the unique beasts you have to deal with in the streaming world? Oh, that is a good question. Um, and I've talked to a couple of folks about that. It, one is real obvious. It's that it, because there's a, a literal face value to it. Um, you are on stream, you're live. So I have to harangue people to be on time. Um, cause my on time is 15 minutes early <laughs> compared to everyone else because I have to show up early to set things up. So some of it's a time management issue. Um, whereas right now you are just like, yeah, we're cool. We're here. And, and then you hit record and you can edit out as much dead air as you want. Uh, dead air on a stream is bad. So take, you have to take those metrics into account and just kind of adjust for it. So you'll see me do this. And I think you'll see most streamers do this where if the players are going, uh, um, mm, uh, and I'll go, okay. And now this explodes in your face because we just need something to happen. <laughs> I don't usually do that, but it's a good example of, okay. You know, if you're playing in your house or you're playing on a podcast again, where you can cut dead air out, or if you're just at your table and it doesn't matter, um, on a stream, it's it's moving entertainment that has faces attached to it. So every little, I have to also have to be very conscious of my expressions because I have a terrible poker face. So when they do something that I'm like, well, you just shit the bed on that, didn't you? But I can't show it. <laughs> <laughs> little, it's, you know, that's probably the biggest, at least for me, that's the biggest thing. Um, is just knowing that we do have cameras attached to the stream and people are watching your faces maybe closely more closely than they are listening to you. That's terrifying. I was going to say, now that I put it that way, that's fucking intimidating. <laughs> I will. I will hide behind my computer screen with the camera off. Thank you. <laughs> well, that was a very forward answer. Awesome. <laughs> I have I have no filter when it comes to some of this stuff. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, Good. So on to on to the actual listener submitted questions. Uh, this one from the Silver Dusk. Uh, when you play a knight, what is your main character style? Like a nice character, a chaos gremlin, or <laughs> other? Like when when you the DM get the chance to sit down and play. Are you going to get invested in the world the way you'd want your players to? Or are you going to chaos around because this is, your, this is your moment to do that? Oh, see, we have a different definition of chaos. Um, oh, gosh. I would say now with several years of DMing under my belt compared to early in the game, so to speak. Now I like to take a little bit more of a measured approach. I'm also much more highly suspicious. <laughs> so I'm like, I know that trick. I know. Oh, and then when someone can turn it around on me, I go, oh, well done. Well done. Golf clap. Well done. <laughs> but <laughs> two fingers. A, exa yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, character wise, I like to try out different things because I could see myself getting stuck in the charismatic a uh, little ball of chaos like my gnome sorcerer eggs can be, um, who, who is part chaos, part caution, which is a strange brew. Yeah, um, that's an odd, odd fusion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're like, well, I really don't like you, and I think that you're going to shoot me, so I'm going to shoot you in the leg, and then if I'm wrong, I'm going to apologize, and I'll fix it, and then we need to run away, like, real fast. <laughs> <laughs> that's a phenomenal character voice, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I love that so much. 
She's 674 years old. She's not fucking around at this point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But out the gate, um, the character that I've played for the longest next to her was a bard. And, you know, everyone has to like, oh, the bard's gonna, you know, I don't know, seduce the dragon or whatever ridiculous stereotype there is. And if that's the kind of bard you like to play, that's totally cool. But I like subverting stereotypes. So Shay was a bookish little very college of lore by that standpoint um, and that subclass. And it was only after something really kind of horrible happened to her that she was like, I think I'm going to go to the duck side now and turned a little spooky. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) too much knowledge is indeed power kids. Let that be known. Um, So it's, it, it, it all depends on the group. Um, Eggs is on the DM's test kitchen over with Nate in that gang and on, on the chef's night specifically. And it's all DMs. So making sure that I wasn't, we're all good about like not stepping on each other, which is fantastic. And at the same time, I was like, well, I guess if this is the moment to throw eggs in anywhere, I apologize ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> that yeah, that's fair. I think that's kind of the answer I'd echo. Is just it, I go with the group. I I like playing different kinds of characters, mm-hmm. and so like I, I also like know the difference between a one shot and a campaign. You know what I mean? Yes, that's a very yeah. good point. Yep. Yeah, like, there's a difference between me playing Jatai in like an actual proper campaign and me playing Jerry in a one shot. Right. <laughs> there's a difference those... between, you know, dashing rogue with tragic backstory and fix this. Oh my god. <laughs> all I got from that first one was Kajita Vuer if you have gold. That's all That's, I got. From okay. <laughs> Thank you for okay. <laughs> I hate it, but also thank you for calling me out on that because, yeah, I basically just did the Khajiit accent for him. No, but I love it. I love it, though. Jetai has wares if you have coin. Oh, yes! <laughs> so good! This one needs something? Oh my god! <laughs> That's frighteningly close. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so and good. I, and May our roads lead you to warm sands. <laughs> I was gonna say, Lance, I think you've got a special case because you have like a hundred characters. Oh boy, and do I yeah, let- have a uh, hundred and nine plus characters on D&D Beyond <laughs> and I've used like two of them, but they are all my babies and they all have backstories and whether they are used for a one shot or an actual campaign they all have different personalities and like I they're had, all waiting in the wings. They are. They're all just kind of standing there with their ticket number, just waiting for that day that I call their number. <laughs> the world's worst BMV line. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Most of them won't get like I'll look back and I'll just be like, who the fudge are you? Oh yeah. Oh, I love you. <laughs> oh, a minute ago i didn't even know your name yeah that's <laughs> now i love you <laughs> me looking through my old friends list <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, I, like, <laughs> I think 
I, I usually go into things with like having a character's uh, definite stance and personality and how they would act. And that definitely changes with what kind of party you have. And I think that's just like in real life, you know, you may have a, uh, a set way that you act, but once you get in a group of people, it could change. So just to kind of roll with the flow, yeah. I try to be a little chaotic sometimes. Like my uh, gunslinger Drow, he was very grounded and straightforward, but there was a forest fire and everybody was sleeping. So he just fired off gunshots into the night to wake everybody up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it mean, worked. That's one way to do it. Mm-hmm. Got everyone up, and he didn't have to go around the camp. He doesn't like people, so, I mean, didn't waste his time, didn't waste theirs. It all worked out. I guess so. And they got the fire out, so, I mean, win-win. <laughs> Good. <sighs> I think, right. we, I think we next question. Yeah, I think we got this one. Uh, wait, no, I put that. I checked the wrong chat. I think that's the first time that's happened. Uh, here we go. Uh, <clears throat> since uh, I guess this is both at me and Hallie, but I guess this can apply. With me and Hallie's campaigns coming to an end soon, uh, what are your favorite moments? Things that you've that you're really proud of, and how do you cope with a campaign ending? Oh my god. I think I need a therapist session for this one. Um the I was gonna say a lot of alcohol, maybe some weed. A therapist. Both, all three. Um Well, you, you know, be you and I have talked about this. Um yeah. quite a bit, yes. Cause it's it is kind of happening at roughly the same time. Yep. Um so the <laughs> Can never say it. two and a half years and it's I still can't say it with a straight face. So the STDs have been around since August 26, 2017. Um <laughs> yep, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I'd say they've been around a lot longer than that, honestly. Not this particular strain. It's never been studied before, and nor will it pass this. Uh, <laughs> my players are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. That just fits with the death. It, yeah, I know. I know. I know, right? It just, it, the entendre gets way past double and gets into like a hundred. Yeah. Quadruple uh, at least. It's way past that. Yep. Um, yeah, because there's another chat happening right now between several of my players and they're talking about being in a library and it goes bad from there. Um, so oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that we can get into later if you want to hear that story (laughs) i need an adult yeah that's uh well here i am um so yeah we've been around for about two and a half years and this campaign actually started with it the idea was it was just supposed to be a you know two or three maybe four game adventure i had never run anything past a one shot and was terrified uh we were all strangers um mm mm-hmm and now we're ending. May 9th is our last game. Wow. Um, yeah. It's scary to have the date like in your head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've wow. been planning for a while. Um, so next week's game on March 28th during the charity stream is game 55. 
the uh, Saturday after that is game 56. That's the last like in-game big old BBG showdown. And then we have two wrap-ups because something I've discovered with these folks, and I'm sure you all have probably two with one group or another, is that these these folks really, really enjoy RPing and they've been playing these characters for so long that there are dimensions to the relation, the inner relationships um, between their characters that at this point, I just like to sit back and let them go. And I want those last couple of sessions to, to do that if that's what they wanted and they're all in for it, which I'm glad they are to just be like, okay, so let's say everyone's live <laughs> after her. The, whatever it is that happens in that very last game, because I will guarantee you they they really dramatically upend my expectations like they tend to. And they do something that takes me by surprise. And then let's say they all walk off into the sunset. What does that mean for them? Yeah, you want an epilogue. Hell yeah. Having been with these folks for this long, and gotten to know these characters so well, there's no way I would just be like, and the end. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, with I know I remember B telling me that with a campaign that he was doing with some of our friends, they actually thought about doing a past level twenty campaign, like oh. as a follow, like a sequel campaign. Yes. Yeah, yeah. just to, just to see what their lives are like, like a year after. In in this game in this game, I was a player. It was great. I love Joe very much. Hi, Lauren and Nick, if you're listening, thank you. You guys are great. Um, <clears throat> but I got to play a Tiefling blood hunter who didn't die. <laughs> oh, don't too soon. <laughs> it's always too. It's soon. It's always too soon. Let's not talk about that. I don't know what you're referencing. <laughs> <laughs> I need more alcohol. Alrighty. Well, <laughs> well, well, uh, we made it to level 20. We defeated Orcus. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that was our final boss. And then after the game was over, we were like, so like, what would a level 21 character look like? Mm. <laughs> and we just kind of said it would just be you'd have to take another class and start at level one of that ability. You know, <gasps> that's a good idea. I like Ooh. that. So my blood hunter, so my blood hunter became a blood hunter druid, and he's going to go into the circle of spores. Oh <gasps> yes, I love the circle of spores druids. So he's going like full on necrotic and like kind of keeping in vain with the spooky because one of his best friends was a necromancer, but as a blood hunter, he can't really like dip into necromancy the same way. So mm -hmm. spore druid was kind of his compromise there. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. I'm telling the blood. I'm not going to try to get off on a tangent, but we have a we have a lichen blood hunter in our group, Ooh. and <clears throat> Hazel is fucking terrifying. The amount <laughs> of damage she can do, I'm just like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. Tiny tangent of my own. Uh, Jove the blood hunter. Um, there were two other characters in this. Lauren's character, who was a bard named Miomi, and uh. Our friend Evelyn, who goes by Bob's character, whose name was Persephone. Persephone was a draconic sorceress, and Miami was a bard. And we became known in the party as Team Doesn't Get Hit because we <laughs> took on like four giants and killed them all without getting hit. Holy fuck. <laughs> 
And that was just because high damage output from a blood hunter plus AOE from a sorcerer plus yep. bard keeping you up is mm-hmm. a very D&D 5e. Yeah. D&D 5e speedrun hitless. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah. Yeah. That's like some that you broke it. That's it. You broke it right there. You found the flaw. That's yep. <laughs> it was, it was a which there are many, you. but you know. Yeah. No, I so, love I So love my that. character grabs, um, grabs a wooden plate. And uh, holds it in front of their face and uh, walks towards the left wall uh, and clips through to the final boss. <laughs> How did it Can I roll a glitch deck? <laughs> oh my god. It was uh, That's but good. Yeah. But Calling yeah. out Bethesda for that one. <laughs> Damn you, Todd, Todd Howard. Yeah. <laughs> Where did we even get? Fucking Rod Powered. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sod flowered, you, you know. What did we? What was the question again? Uh, ending campaigns, memorable oh, moments. That's right. Um, we, were, we, were, we were making jokes to cover we were, the pain. We were way off the yeah. We were, we were way <laughs> off Masking the yellow your pain with humor. there and yeah. alcohol. Um, <laughs> what I do all the time. Uh, same. Yeah, that's uh, no for me. Like. So I actually wound up writing the adventure up. I had to strip because our, our group started as a Taldore day group, um, which was why it was going to be a short adventure. And, <laughs> you know, um, short air yeah, quotes, short, oh, just hundreds of hours later. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> just, just so, so much. I don't even want to know the word content and, or the word count and my one note anymore. Um, <laughs> Early on, I would say early on, it was, I think they were seventh level. Um, they they were doing a job for uh, the kind of the boss of like the black market in one of these small villages uh, in Taldore. And she basically said, yes, I can give you the access that you need to this particular sewer on and on because they were trying to be sneaky. They don't do that anymore. Um, <laughs> it's the only time that ever happened. <laughs> But what we need it in here, okay? <laughs> what is it with what is it with sewers and failed attempts at being sneaky? Hi, Lance. Hey, hey, we need to. Okay, let's 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 let Hallie continue her story and not talk about my characters going through the sewer and failing epically. Okay. <laughs> but it's so much fun, though. It's um, hilarious, especially when you get to make them fall in the sewage. That's yes. like that little bit of like. Yeah, you should. You could have done that. And you mm-hmm. shouldn't have. And so here's what happens. You so go. Now you, have, you have poo on you. you <laughs> yeah. Know. Now you're covered in poo. <laughs> <laughs> why is I don't know why it's funny. It is. Um, <laughs> it, is. it just is. Now and so they they were. She was like, "Listen, I one of my uh, traders fell off the face of the planet. Here's where he was last place. Here's this little village. Go there. Go find him." Bring him back, dead alive. I don't care. Just he owes me money. Bring the money back. Give him. Bring me his head and the money. I don't give a shit. She got other things to do than worry about this one guy. So they went after him. Whole village is on lockdown, and they can't figure out why. So they get stopped at the gates, and the guards, quote unquote, which is really just two people who have a little bit of militia training, who were like maybe <laughs> you know army reserve or something. <laughs> I no. got stuck in this tiny town and don't really know their ass from a crossbow. Um, said, yeah, we've had three people murdered here over the last two weeks. We're not letting anyone in or out while we figure out what's going on. And they were like, murder? What? 
let's go. This eventually became known as the Scooby-Doo episodes. Um, they turned into the mystery machine group and went around this little village and it got pretty gruesome. There was an abandoned manor on the hill uh, that they eventually made their way into. Their, the manor had gotten caught on fire. And I think they've done a lot of stuff where I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but those like three or four games were so memorable just with, I think that was the first time where I really saw there was just that moment where it clicked and the group just smacked together and they'd been really good about it, but you, it's like, they didn't even have to make any effort anymore. Something clicked in the group cohesion, something clicked with between me and the players. And I eventually wrote it up. Um, and it's, it's actually on drive through RPG. It's pay what you want right now. If you want it, it's called the necromancer's regret. And it's actually a really sad story. Uh, about a young woman who desperately wanted out of her abusive household and accidentally got her older brother killed out of her desperation. So that's what it's real. It's real happy. If you can't tell Um, (laughs) it's real peppy. Um, But that, that story stuck and I had to write it. So I would say out of everything that they've done. Oh, other than the wizard falling down a mine. Um, that was pretty good. <laughs> was pretty nice. good. She felt well, she was she was charmed to go down the mine. And then she went down the mine. And they were like, why is little Elysia, who's smart and is the voice of caution in the party? And she's just like, do 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 poof. Down the mine. <laughs> she she fell like 50 feet. It almost killed her. <laughs> Death and rest. <laughs> a gnome wizard? Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of hit points there. Anyways. I'll wow. stop now. <laughs> well, that was a very good answer. <laughs> I, I, think, I think we're good to move on, though, to our next question. Um... Okay. So this is more of an addenda to a previous question, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, Last episode, we were talking about, like, creating creatures in your world and making them different and stuff. And, like, how would your party react? Uh, The Silver Dusk addendas here that they're talking about balancing a monster that isn't too powerful or too weak, but has a cool twist. So, like, how, how do you make a creature that has a unique twist or ability, but you but it's not, like, on the evil level of everyone's just gonna die? Oh, yeah, I do this a lot, actually. Um, I don't... The rebel in me doesn't like running a lot of monsters as written because I have two very experienced players who are also very good about not metagaming, but I like to throw them off. And doing that a few times just showed me how fun it can be to run something that is (laughs) just slightly sideways of expectations. (laughs) Um, So probably a more recent example of that. And I actually got it from a a third party um, supplement that was kickstarted, which of course I can't remember the title of right now. I'll give it to you later, B. Um, if you want it, but um, 
it was basically taking like it was like they had to fight a, a dragon guardian well yeah okay dragon right this is a 14th level party at the time who is op on purpose by design i can legitimately say that and not be bullshitting um and for intentions unknown yet uh-huh. <clears throat> and i can't evil cackle it's as close as you get and then <laughs> I can't do that. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> I hate that my evil laugh was ruined by the phone. Oh. You have Take to record two. it and put it in. <clears throat> oh, wait. This episode is us just giving Spy silence so that way he can get some stuff that we can use as little sound bits later. <laughs> working, working on some things. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's some Bella Lugosi shit right there, man. Um, so they were dealing with this guardian and I was like, okay, well, I can throw a dragon at him or I can throw a dragon at them. A <clears throat> dragon that can do things that no other dragon can do. So I took what was in this third party supplement and I I did even more twisting on it. It was a celestial dragon, basically. Nice! Um, yeah, but could teleport, could call down big pillars of energy, had a breath weapon, but didn't actually like using it. Um, and would rather just like sm try to smack them off the, you know, rainbow road style thing they were fighting on. Uh and see what would happen type of it. He was testing them. It was a challenge. It was meant to knock them down, not kill them. And I felt like that fight in particular was rewarding, at least from my end, because they were up against something they'd never seen before. Um, they knew it was a guardian and they knew they needed to pass quote unquote the test, but they didn't know what the test was, whether it's, do we kill it? Do we let it kill us? Like what's happening here? You know, is there some secret, code word we need what's going on and you have, to, you have to get knocked out and say rosebud as your last word <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn oh that's a different campaign um <laughs> we might be the stds but we're not that kind of campaign okay oh, um boy. i know i know i know i know it hurt me to do that um just, just know that i took psychic damage on that and would like you to know um, but so yeah, we, I've run all kinds of variants on things and the trick to quote unquote balancing it. And I will say this now, because even if my players listen to this, eh, we're two games from the end, what are they going to do about it? Um, I start with a set bank of hit points, but a lot of the times my creatures have an auto regenerate feature where if they don't take a certain amount of damage in a round, they're going to regenerate half of what they took in the previous round because Ooh. they hit hard these these this group in particular hits hard and several of them have pretty high a the cleric's ac is 23 so Jeez. that just means my dragon hits with a plus 16 which means Fair. i'm hitting i'm hitting him almost every time so part of it i i don't think and i could be wrong so i'm not going to put like a a qualitative on this but for a one shot you're not going to be able to balance these types of creatures over the course of a campaign i've had the chance to figure i know what every single one of these characters can do i know how these people play 
Um, I know tactically likely what they're going to do, although often they like to, you know, fuck with me. And then um, it's just a matter of balancing and hoping that I made something that's interesting. And if it fails, it's also a chance to learn. That's a good way to put it. Uh, yeah. Lance, Spy, any ideas on unique twists for monsters or any examples of unique twists for monsters? Um, I definitely agree with Hallie on doing the, like, it's, it's hard to balance it sometimes, but like you said, when you play with somebody for a year, two years, you know what they're going to do most of the time. There's that, like, 15% chance that they're just going to throw you off the rails. But 15? That's small? It's <laughs> a generous... I mean, that's, that's towards the end of our campaign, which I'm thinking, you know, is, like, that's, okay, two years yeah, from that's... now. So <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping fair. notes of how they play. So <laughs> That's <laughs> genius, and I should have done that. Could have, would have, should have, didn't. Could have, should have. Or you get that prescient um, or omnipotent, I should say, uh, character who's been studying them for a while and knows their shit and knows their tricks and is just like, mm, no. I'm right, we I, discussed I, this last time. Yeah, um, I'm immune to that tough shit. I don't care if you deal radiant damage, cleric. I'm immune. Tough shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we discussed that uh, last episode, actually, which is, or was it the episode before? Pretty sure it was last episode, but we discussed um, basically uh, using the narrative to um, to test your players and figure out how they play. Mm-hmm. I love that. So and right I, now, most of my players are just setting things on fire. <laughs> oh, I, thought you were, I, I mean, I thought you were going to say dumbasses, but that yeah, that's also true. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I they've that. done some things that I'm really proud of the last couple campaigns. Uh, granted, they all fell face first into a swamp this last episode, but that's not the point. I'm proud of them. <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to say is I'm so, proud of them. I feel so bad that a running gag in this show is to just to fucking dunk on the Space Days crew. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not the actual players, the characters. <laughs> Listen, if there's anyone that deserves to be dunked on, it's Botches. Okay, you know, Botches is my dumb tiefling friend, and I love him, and he's so sweet, and he's gonna get himself killed. Or he's gonna they get say the eyes and the windows to the soul. <laughs> well, the lights are on, and nobody's home. Oh, <laughs> burn. Hey, hey. Stomach full, head empty. That is... Botches <laughs> is, oh, is the, the, un, like, the unknown himbo of Space he's Days. He's pure of heart and dumb of ass. <laughs> and everybody loves him, and I'm sorry, Kaz, that we're, we're ragging on Botches right now, but he's, he's actually very quiet, like... <sighs> compared to what the original botches was. And I'm really excited for him to break out of that shell a little bit because he is just a big dork and everybody just rags on him all the time. Like oh. all the time. See, see, I was gonna rag on Nora a bit because of her like I don't know. Like you know how when you have in like a video game RPG they list out like your possible actions on your screen? I feel like Nora's one action is split the party. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Oh my goodness. It, it is. It, it really is. Like there's split the party, get drunk or pick up botches. That is the three moves that Nora has. <laughs> three commands. <laughs> Depending on which one she chooses, another option bar pops down with some other like, you know, choices, but yeah. <laughs> no. Just yeah. There have been a lot of times where I'll I'll have some creature that I've created and I'm like, this is awesome. And they're like, oh, yeah, we set it on fire. And I'm like, okay. And uh, <laughs> suddenly it has a giant stinger on the end of its mm-hmm. butt and it's going to come at you. I didn't originally have that, but. Mm-hmm. But I'm mad now. So I'm mad now. Well, but that that actually like is a legit point because I've adjusted stuff on the fly. I'm sure you all have just be oh like, well, yeah. that didn't w- okay, never mind. Not built or not working as built. Fine. Error, error message. And just yeah. very quickly like scribble. I I have, I will admit, uh I I've never fudged rolls, but I have added hit points back in just because I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> I've also taken error four oh four. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Error four oh four hit points not found. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I, I don't usually I don't usually mess with AC, but I will I will move HP around um just based on what's ha- like if they can't hit for shit for two rounds and they're just getting walloped on. Um I I might not change how hard it's hitting, but I might adjust a few things just to see how they react. Or I might have it make because it's a creature, it's not gonna act optimally all the time. Yeah, exactly. Or if yeah. it thinks it can get away and take two hits of opportunity, but maybe it can get away and, you know, it's what is that? The the monsters know what they're doing. It's a yeah. great book. Great book, great blog. I've used that a ton because it's so helpful. And it taught me a lot about, you know, you look at a stat block, like as a new DM, you look at the beholder stat block and you're like, dear God, how can anyone fight this thing? It looks invincible. And then you realize that, well, not necessarily. They're vain egotistical creatures but they also can't really leave their domain so how is a player going to mess with that it just it's yeah. interesting to me the dynamic of that yeah there's always a weak point mm-hmm. usually right behind the eyes <laughs> <laughs> there's a chink in My the armor there's a soft underbelly <laughs> or blow it up from the inside mm-hmm. god it'd be so funny to run uh an encounter with a dragon-like smile where it's just invincible, kicking their ass. I want to shoot it in the back. It's dead. <laughs> like I want to shoot its belly. Oh, it's dead now. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Blowing up a shadow dragon from the inside. You've solved my knowing the Hobbit puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Did you name your goddamn wizard Taco? Yeah. Are you naming your goddamn wizard Taco? Uh, that will never fail to make me laugh ever, ever, ever. So well, it's more like it's, it's more like take talk hmm? ta- taco. Are you naming your goddamn wizard Taco? Mm-hmm. His name is Taco. <laughs> What's his last name? Taco, but spelled different. <laughs> <laughs> taco Taco, greatest that. wizard to ever live. Greatest yes. wizard to ever live. So. Uh, do you think it's time for absolutely horrible D&D ideas? Oh, I definitely Yay! think it's time. <laughs> it is time for absolutely horrible D&D ideas that I must try out ASAP. Um, 
this is one that a lot of you have definitely seen before, but I really like it, and I think that there's a lot that we can expand on it with. And it's by uh, user Cullen Scott on Tumblr. And it's a normal D&D session, but you can't use dice. Prove to me that you can make this acrobatics check by successfully performing a triple backflip off the kitchen counter in real life. Can I seduce the goblin? I don't know. Can you seduce me? <laughs> and this ties into an idea, a, a just a horrible, terrible, cursed idea that I had a while back, which was play D&D, but with Uno cards. <laughs> oh. uh, does a nine hit? Actually, Uno reverse, bitch. <laughs> it hurt itself in its confusion. I don't I... know how that would work, but I just, I love the idea of playing D&D, but you fuck up a, a, like a critical mechanic of it. So it becomes just almost unplayable. There's just the level. Um, I've, the I've seen posts fun. of people who play D and D with cards against humanity cards instead of dice. Uh, I cast bees. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Dragon Age Inquisition. That's all that is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a jar of bees. You're not wrong. <laughs> so I, I will tell I you guys something really, really embarrassing. Uh, <sighs> this doesn't leave the tavern, actually. Well, I know nothing. Uh, but uh, except for, do you mean like, do you mean that as in edit this out of the episode, or do you mean that as in like, no, you can keep it in if you want. But the, this is like, we actually did this a couple years back. I think it was like five years ago, and it was when we were really into Voltron. And so oh, I ran no. a uh, I ran a Galra training camp oh. where I was training new recruits to the Galra Empire. Oh. And so we literally went outside and I had the entire campaign in a booklet of that was uh so you're training new Galra recruits volume 1 written by Sendak. And all of you to assume that he's literate. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very short book. <laughs> but uh, had to go through an obstacle course. Um, they had to, like they filled out a D and D uh, sheet for their characters with their like decks and everything. And I went off of that. And like if their decks was really bad, I would add more obstacles into the course because they were blindfolded and. Holy They had shit. to like this sounds shoot. amazing. They had to shoot arrows. I lost more than half of my arrows during this campaign. And it was actually like really fun. They had to uh they had to prove their survival by like swimming in a kiddie pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It was it was pretty fun and we were actually just unpacking a box the other day and Kaz threw that binder at me and I kind of had a little mental despair and chucked it across the room, but it was, I, I think you just described LARP. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure I did. 
<laughs> Breaking news, so Lance is a fucking nerd. This <laughs> <laughs> oh, is no like surprise. It. Yeah. Like it's not breaking if you've listened to any of the previous episodes. Oh. <laughs> but this, I think this has got to take the cake, my bro. Uh, you know, yeah. It's not, now let me, let me throw the addenda to that. That doesn't mean that sounds unfun. <laughs> no, that sounds like a blast. It's just. Oh, no, it was super fun, but my God, that was so bad. Uh, <laughs> that, um, that, that reminds I me, do, uh, I, you that, remember B suggested a while back that we do Whose Line Is It Anyway in character. And I remember we did that oh, on the server so in voice chat one night. And I pretty much fun. killed everybody in the call by um, <laughs> the prompt was uh, if YouTubers were if in charge of planning funerals. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just, without hesitation, said, uh, What's up, guys? It's ya boy, Noobmaster69. Looks like this chump got, sh got uh, shrekt, as we say. Can I get an F in chat, please? And the chat, like it's become an inside joke of can I get an F in jet, please? Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> I can't remember anything else from that night. That's the only thing that I remember. You didn't record it? We didn't. We didn't think <gasps> to record it. Yeah, that is almost as bad as the time we did a one-shot, and it was one of the funniest one-shots that we've ever done, and we didn't record it. I was going to say, can I tell you my ultimate tragedy as a DM? Yes. Off yes, of this? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, please. So I wasn't even running it, but Eggs, who you've now met, um, you all, not on the recording, but you've... Wait, did you meet? Yeah, you did. You met Eggs. <laughs> it's been a long day. Uh, and the gnome wizard, because they're both gnomes, uh, from our campaign um, decided to go on a friend date. Like, wholesome mm. friend date. So, I wasn't even, I was showed up as a player. I just had to, I just had to be eggs. That's all I had to do was be eggs. That's it. I just had to be eggs. Someone's gonna <laughs> buy me dinner and take me drinking. It's gonna oh, walk on the beach. It's perfect. Why is super adorable? It. Right, she's adorable and also fucking obnoxious. Um, so her and Alicia show up friend date and I I can't spoil this because we're we cannot recreate it. I was recording the whole thing, recording lost. <gasps> oh no! Yes. So we're gonna re-record it, but Sam and Julia, who are in my campaign, play um Hazel, uh, the Lycan Blood Hunter, and Sam plays Lost Marble, the Tabaxi Druid, who sets That's everything on fire. Lost Marble, it's a fucking perfect name. Um, <laughs> it's a perfect Just name. great. I love that. They decided that they were going to set these two up and just kind of help them along because they're both awkward in their own way, gnomes. And if it's a friend thing or something else happens, if there's like kissy faces, now kiss. It's fine. Doesn't matter. They just wanted to snoop, basically. So we're all already drinking by the time we're like a half an hour in. I've had like a half a bottle of wine and things just start to go off the rails real quickly. And Sam, bless their soul, was turned and faced away from the camera at one point. Well, what, what Sam's character, the Druid, was doing was sitting on top of the lichen shoulders. 
They put a trench coat around them. Oh my god. And Sam turned around and had drawn on a shitty, like, curly mustache on their face. (laughs) (laughs) On camera. And was like, yes, welcome to the French restaurant. Would you like a croissant or some (laughs) wine? Horrible. The entire thing was magic. And it got lost. It's not even that, because Sam's Norwegian. (gasps) (laughs) Sam's Norwegian. Sigrid, who plays Elysia, is Norwegian. Julia's from Austria. And I'm American. So, you want to talk about just no accents whatso-fucking-ever. That sounds remotely like they're supposed to, and the recording didn't And I have forever lost this. And we are still, a year and a half later, talking about just recording it for why not. Yeah. Our lost lost chance was, um, I think, I gotta say, so we had the, um, the silly like okay sorry for most of you who would know who sorry is i love her very much she's our monk bard our gnome quote quote monk bard in the frostwalkers campaign and she is not dumb just goofy and she was somehow selected to be the one to fly the fucking spaceship um that we had just stolen (laughs) <laughs> and I will never forget this. I'm, uh, I forget if it was like a role that did this, but basically she flew too close to the ground and like startled some poor farmer. And I just like, without hesitation, said, Mama, don't get my shotgun. The aliens are after the chickens again. <laughs> <laughs> and that has become another meme of the Frostwalker server. Jesus. <laughs> credit where credit is due. I actually took that joke from a Gary Larson comic, and it's still to this day one of the funniest quotes I ever like, have oh seen my God. in my life. Speaking of credit where it's due, the spaceship they stole was Lance's spaceship. <laughs> yeah, we had a crossover with, with 20SA, and it was wonderful. It was completely done off the cuff and dumb. And great. Oh my God. The kind of I'm drunk humor you'd expect. Crying. <laughs> Wasn't that also Nick was playing Timmy Alice? Who was Nick was playing Timmy! Oh god, I love Timmy. Timmy is a gnome barbarian, and he's like... <gasps> he's got the most pleasant voice you can imagine, but he's just, like, unreasonably buff. Like, this two-foot gnome man held Swole. up my six-foot cat man by his ankle. Swole. Isn't that uh, what the kids say? Is, Swole? Swole. <laughs> Timmy is an enigma. I love Timmy. <laughs> but it's, so, I, I love smaller characters with that just strange whatever thing it is that they have. Oh, yeah. I um, enjoy that so much. The The character plans for the escape artist, which was, was slash is my campaign that I was going to run, uh, included uh, Katita Fahari, who is a halfling monk with, because of mechanical errors, an eight-foot vertical leap. 
which if she uses step of the wind because becomes right. a 16 foot vertical leap yep and it terrifies yep. me that's amazing that's i i okay so y'all will enjoy this we're way off like i don't i don't know but so my lovely dear husband and i do not say that ironically very very kind man had never played D&D. And then I got into it and he was like, what are you doing? So I explained, and he's a giant nerd. I'm just like, well, how do you not know what this? Okay. Anyways, back up. And he decided he wanted to play a half orc fighter with perfect. That's he's like fighters. Great for a brand new D&D player. Easy. Oh yeah. Right down the line fighter barbarian, like just not a whole lot to mess with there. <laughs> rolled his stats, rolled an 18 for the half orcs charisma. And oh. he didn't quite understand what that meant. And I was like, well, you can, you know, so I'm kind of like coaching him on some of this stuff. He's like, so what do I, what do I do? And I said, well, your charisma means you're highly persuasive, or if you want to use it for deception or you want to scare someone. So he thought intimidate was the way to go, which again, half work. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Right. Um, he failed every single one of those roles. <laughs> no. He could persuade out his ass. Couldn't intimidate for anything. Six foot uh, tall, like six and a half foot tall, big old beefy former pirate fighter, right? Scarred, <laughs> just like macho. Oh, you know, couldn't scare the pants off of a kid. It was just like, <laughs> oh. what is happening right now? The irony was beautiful. I loved I it. That. So I have a actually have I'll put it in chat for y'all later, but our DM um, actually commissioned an artist to draw, to paint our characters. I should show you Zodak because he is a, a beautiful, beautiful half orc man. Um, I'll send this to you, B. But anyways, Good. don't let me don't let me get you off track here <laughs> any more than we. Yeah, I think I think I think that should call it for the segment. Yeah. Oh God, we've gone so off topic. Um, yeah, uh, we kind of left the segment, like, several stories ago. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, using a, uh, using a foreign element to add to D&D's insanity is fun, and I'll end it with this. I don't, I've seen people use a Jenga thing, and I don't, that's about. What? I've seen seen streams where people have, like, a Jenga tower playing Mm D&D, and I and I don't, I don't, I've never looked into it, so I don't. Were they like, using it off of the dread mechanic? I don't know. I have no idea. So I, dread is a horror RPG that uses a Jenga tower. Okay. And if you fuck up the pole, something very bad happens. Yeah, Ooh. I figured that would be the case, but just yeah. like, that's such a weird RPG system to to think about but yes. don't get me wrong that's really cool it's also just like it's what? horrifying because the taller the jenga tower i mean we all know what happens like eventually someone's gonna fail that pole yeah somebody's gonna die yeah oh it's <laughs> there it was it was done once or twice i want to say on geek and sundry where they did the dread and it was it's all rp so it's very well done um but it's it can get very creepy very quickly because it's Ivan Van Norman who's DMing it and things get real gothy and spooky and shit like super fast. 
That might be what it was. That might be what it was, to be honest. But yeah, I guess that's an example of adding a f- element to your game to make an interesting mm-hmm. new mechanic. So you all know I've never played Jenga. I don't recommend it. Yeah, I'm not going to. It's, it's too stressful. very stressful. Mm-hmm. Next question. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, we've been at this for over an hour. So Shay asks, not over, almost over. Shay asks, explain went go. You brought it up at the episode <laughs> of Star. The audience needs answers. <laughs> I miss that oh, completely. Boy. Explain went go. I brought it up in the episode with with, with Star. Star. And oh god, I can't remember. I can't remember how much of that of the situation that I explained. Did I did I go into? Did I tell you about the bay leaves and the? You literally, it was literally just you said like went go, and then you said that's another story, and then oh, Star okay. said save it after the episode, and then we started talking about Sonic, and we never recovered. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Oh boy. Okay. So, so this is like ten so like I guess the Spark Notes version of this because this is a yeah. short question. Oh boy. Alright. God. This is so a while back I was just, you know, messaging my girlfriend. She was talking about a movie that she just watched. And I sort of zoned out. And when I zone out, sometimes I type things just just randomly. Um and so I zoned back in after like two minutes, and apparently the primordial lizard that inhabits my cerebellum decided that the best way to express itself would be to send the message, went go, question mark, and that's it. So, so several minutes later, I said, all right, hang on, I'm going to try and like astral project and see if I can get this lizard to spin more wisdom into words. And so I did, and I came back to went go will haven't be hung if the dry is wet. <laughs> Which makes no fucking sense. <laughs> However, this is not the first nor the only thing that the lizard has said. <laughs> Subsequently, the lizard has said such things as is good to eat the sound when the bright is dark, <laughs> be gone when the bright loud, went haven't be gone, be wet down. <laughs> um, so this is uh, basically an E.E. E. Cummings poem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where were the other two? Strange yes. bright loud hurt the ground, will be went gone dark. And the masterpiece. When the bright is new, is good to get warm. Bright new is swift, dark, went hung. Warm, good. I mean, you're not wrong there. Warm is good. So I guess I'm the world's shittiest oracle. When I, like, go into my trance, I channel the spirit of a lizard from the fucking Triassic period, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) God. Whose only um, contributions, whose only prophecies are just telling you how to be a better lizard from the Triassic period. Oh, that hurt. Oh. <laughs> so that's the story of Went Go. That's a, 
I think you should. I I'm actually not joking. I think you should put. I, I think you should call them server poems and just like you know. I, I feel mean, like that's I how have you a try friend... and roll a language check on like something written around the door, <laughs> and you get like a ten. That's a great. I idea. mean, that's a great idea. <laughs> yep. So my friend does calligraphy, and she wrote up all of these prophecies. Oh my and god! And we did like we singed the edges of them and everything, so they look like these old timey fan fancy style Stop prophecies, it. and they're just nonsense. And I have them all taped on my dorm door. That's actually the Book of Strahd. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Confirmed. That's what Strahd was doing. That's. <laughs> I would love that if the players got a hold of the Tome of Strahd and that was it. Oh, God damn it. I need to do that. Jesus. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, this is great. This is such a good idea. Oh, shoot. Oh, okay. Conspiracy. Strahd is a lizard confirmed? <laughs> is a lizard person? I would, Strahd I isn't would... a vampire. No, oh my god, what if you actually switched out Strahd's stat block from, from vampire to lizard folk? He is a lizard folk vampire. This is the greatest. Jesus, that is the best. T-Rex, T-Rex. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> think of that one, the, the trilling lizard, the trilling dinosaur. Yes. Guys, I think we have to message Star after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Because she runs Strahd pretty, pretty prodigiously, and I think, I, oh, think she might, I think she might be interested in this hot take. We just need to message her. Strahd is lizard? Question mark? <laughs> question mark? Okay. You don't put a question mark, just type question mark. You just find that carved into the stone in one of the crypts in the Castle Raven Instead of blood smear. <laughs> instead of look behind you, it's yep. Strahd is lizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. oh God! Why is that in the king and queen's crypt? What's going on? God, but like, imagine the like. I I'm going places now. Imagine this mm -hmm. vampire wants to be human so badly that he's like used propaganda to make the via think they're a human vampire. It's a whisper campaign. <laughs> yeah, just, just uh. to hide, just to hide that they're a lizard. Folk. That is because very Stradian, though. It is. This is like a weirdly in-character twist. That's weird. That's see. The problem is that I can't use it for my campaign. I'd be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's too late, Alan. It's never too late. It. Throw in that twist. Do that. This is the sort of campaign about. that I would use Jerry in. <laughs> okay. So he can uh, fix this. Next question. <clears throat> this I'm gonna go with one new. A new question asker, uh, Jester asks, "How do you deal with traveling? Like when they're just walking? Encounters in that era can be real boring. I spice them up with cinematics, but my players usually just let it roll, which can get pretty boring. How do you make travel fun?" I mean, <laughs> okay, um, for the most part, um, okay. So here's what I was planning to do for the escape artists, um. If the journey was important, then I would actually have them traveling. Sort of like sort of like how the Adventure Zone did it, where like you you sort of get like a scene of them traveling, right? You don't go through the whole thing because I had a DM that did that and oh my 
God, it was the most tedious thing. Um, but if it's if it's so if it's important, like um, part of the part of the plot of the campaign was I wanted to show off several of the locations in the world that I had built, including like mushroom forests and a deep sea trench and stuff. So traveling in those areas, I had encounters. I have slash had encounters planned that are thematic, like dust methods and um, uh, bullets and vampires in scuba gear and what? stuff like that. I I will not elaborate, mostly because I can't. Um, but also Messages getting to those places. Again? Yeah, no. Strata's <laughs> lizard and also scuba. Oh god. Um anyway, so for the basically for filler episodes for the opening of the campaign, um they were hitching a ride with a caravan out into the Shattered Sea, which is like a desert that is just dotted with lakes. Um and the caravan in itself had some intrigue to it. Um so I still have the session notes and I eventually want to do that, but once I figure out more of what the actual campaign and world is like, because I don't want to rush headlong into it. Um, but other than, I, I would definitely say, please, for the love of God, do not make them go through the entire... It, don't make your players go to the bathroom. Don't make your characters go to the bathroom. It's just, it's not entertaining for that basically anyone. no purpose. Yeah, no. If, you're, if your gang is into, like, super-duper immersion... And you're the kind of group who like tracks torches and rations and ammo and stuff and real nitty gritty, then like, yeah, okay. If you if you're into that, go for it. But for the most part, players don't want to deal with that. No. That's not what they're they're there for the character development and they're there for the action and they're there for a good story, not right. not to go virtually camping. I I am a hundred 25 and a half percent with you on that because that that was i think what out the gate for me i was like i don't care about i'm i don't care about encumbrance unless y'all are going to carry golems around then we can talk like yeah you have your spell components with you you know up to a point and then if we get to a certain cost you got to go buy that shit type of a thing but like you need twigs there's a fucking forest go for it i don't care like you know whatever type of a thing. Yeah. Can I tell you the story about Herbert? Hubert? Absolutely. About Hubert the camel. <laughs> oh, this sounds entertaining as hell, please. Okay. So, uh, when we're talking about travel, um my group started in the desert. They started in Marquette, actually in Ancarel. Uh in in uh, the Critical Role Exandria world cuz that's how we all started. And they were hired by the Mage College out there to go retrieve an artifact. You're adventurers. And it was kind of that thing where like the Mage College didn't really care like great, we'll pay you half up front. Here's 50 gold, whatever. If you die, darn. You know, they don't care. Type of thing. But basically go retrieve this artifact, which the artifact has been a thing throughout the entire campaign. Um and they've never been to the desert before and they need to go several days out and walking across sand is not fun in the heat. It's not fun for anyone. And so they're looking around, looking around and they're like, Oh, there's a stable over there. It's not horses. It's camels. So they eventually talk to the stable master who says, Oh yeah, Hubert here, best camel we got knows his way around. And he, you know, it's a camel. 
So he's just chewing, spitting, hanging out, being a camel, doing camel things. And they put the two smaller, there's a halfling and a gnome, the two smaller characters up on the uh, camel. So their speed doesn't get reduced already because <laughs> it's 25 feet. And the halfling is the blood hunter. So she's got pretty good perception. So she's up scouting around. Hubert was not a camel. That was the first time where they realized I was fucking. <laughs> now someone asked me what Hubert was. What was Hubert? Hubert was a tiefling named T-Rex who could polymorph. <laughs> so like three games in they realize they go out and there's no camel and they're like oh no something ate our camel and he's like no I'm here that's amazing <laughs> oh my the God. thing is here's the thing I set that precedent for traveling because once they once they, they figured out that the relic was being hunted by someone else who actually needed their help um, and they rescued him and he kind of banffed them back. So they, they've done some traveling, like they've had to walk or cart or oxen or horse or you know, whatever the case may be. But for my, and I think it's very group specific for my group, that's boring. And they don't want to do that. So we montage, montage, montage uh, later. I have perception, but unless something weird happens on my end, when I'm rolling percentile die, we just go forward type of the thing. Um, because that makes sense. yeah, if your group doesn't, isn't into it and they want to get to the next point and they want to go and, and figure out, you know, the next story hook or the next piece of the mystery or whatever it is that they're after the goal, the giant red skull and fallout where you're not supposed to go over there, like whatever it is that they're wanting to do. If traveling is not part of that, it's not an integral part of it. You're going to bore them out of their skulls. And then they're going to be like, yay, that was so great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah or you exactly. could just bring in hubert you're welcome to use hubert good <laughs> for that so uh do you think it's time i think it might be time lance would you like to take the stage for a moment because yes please 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 i need to hear this new segment do i yeah okay. It's my time. This is my moment in the sun. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, because I was feeling like a little left out, baby, I am starting a segment called Lance's Pub Puns, <laughs> where each time I will tell you a really bad D&D joke or pun. And I'm going to start us all off very, uh, very gentle, slow start, get everybody accustomed to it. Okay. So, knock, knock. <sighs> Who's there? Who? What? Who? 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 Lance's pun pub. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, you I'm gotta not sure. give it up. 
I'm not sure I can articulate just how much I resent that joke. I'll <laughs> <laughs> agreed to this. There's no going back. Oh. No, I signed my own death warrant here. <laughs> I was the one who answered the door. True. <laughs> oh, I hope you like that, because that's going to happen now. That is a permanent <laughs> addition to the show. No take backsies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow, I think this... Hey, Lance, also, this might be the segment that doesn't drain time. The I think I think you deserve props for that. Um, uh, it's, just, it's just one and done. One and done. There's, okay, so I have one last question that I think we'll go into Cursed Homebrew, and then we'll start yeah, the wrap-up phase. Yeah, we've been at this for an hour and a half. All right. So, Silverdust has two questions, but I'm gonna let you... Die. Uh, I'll let you pick your poison. Silverdusk's questions are, what is the best thing you've used to get the players involved in the world building, and how uh, do you do it to, to get in, bleh, how you do it to get them deeper? For example, I had my players invent how they were going to run and build their tavern, as an example. Hmm. Uh, Sounds that's like a dragon, That's a dragon heist thing. I see you, Silver. Um, mm -hmm. The other question was uh, a three-prong question of, the best store you have is a DM where you fudged a roll for your players, or something in combat. The most amazing and dumbest thing you've had a player do, <laughs> and the first D and D character you've ever made, and do you regret their existence? Oh my god! <laughs> I think we just got to do the last one. Like oh we've god. kind of covered, uh, we've kind of covered immersive world building before. It's um, true. Unless I you want to throw I... your two cents in, Hallie. Yeah. No, yeah. I really like that very last one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we'll you know what? This might be a good idea. We'll we'll save the world building question to a time where we can get someone uh, another like fresh take on this because we've answered this quite a bit. Um so I think we'll go with Silver's second question and we'll work backwards, starting with what was the first DMD character you've ever created and do you regret their existence? <laughs> I mean, um, my first character was Jatai, so, and everyone loves him, so yeah. I don't regret him at all. My first character was Lucas? I, yeah, I guess the first character I put effort into was Lucas. I don't know. No, but like that. your first character, though. Uh, but, then, but then I have to talk about I don't care again. And that punchline's, punchline's already been done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? I didn't talk about Sir I Don't Care. No, you did not! Not that I recall. Okay, well, here's the story. I was DMing, my friend Jackson was DMing for us. I was 16, I knew nothing about the game. A year later was when I'd start getting interested in D&D. But he just invited me over to play this game on a weekend, and I said, okay. And he was using OrcPub to pre-make the characters. And I was a little shit, apparently. Because when he wrote up a Dragonborn Paladin for me, this was this game that we were running, by the way, was in fact the Wild Sheep Chase. So, yeah, <laughs> love that. So, uh, he created custom flaws for our characters, but the rest were ours to design. He let us pick race class, and he would plant a flaw in each of our characters. These flaws ranged from this character has a crush on this character, but will die before they say it. Or this character wants to murder this character. You know what I mean? Like these very like improv-y flaws that we walked to the table with. 
Mm-hmm. Mine was that this blue dragonborn paladin with the strength of like a titan had a illogical phobia of sheep. That's fucking brilliant. I think now that I now that you mention it, I think you have discussed this before, but this is still the funniest shit. Oh my so, god. But back to the name. When Jackson asked me, hey Bobby, what do you want your character to be named? I, being an edgy 16-year-old, responded in the way an edgy 16-year-old would. Eh, I don't care. Pick something from the book. And Jackson must have, in a moment, known what he was going to do, had the poker face, looks at the player's handbook, kind of like looks like he's looking, kind of nods a bit to himself, and goes, gotcha, and types some stuff in. And I'm confident, and I keep eating my pizza, playing Magic the Gathering with my buddies, you know? An hour later, it's time to go. I get my character sheet, and I look at the name, and it is, Sir, I don't care. <laughs> and so I give have to shit, get shit. Exactly. <laughs> so I played the rest of the night as a dragonborn paladin named Sir, I don't care. Oh my god! Terrified of sheep, and the running gag was, God, your parents must have hated you. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, oh yes. Wow. God Jackson. damn it. Jackson Maximum Oof Oof 100 Jackson destroyed me for my negligence and I it was well deserved I I feign I blame ignorance uh but also good job buddy <laughs> like wherever you are now just good job you you did a good that's, job I don't that's <laughs> phenomenal I don't regret I don't care's existence because I think I think that taught me a valuable lesson and I think it also is the greatest party story I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Lance Halley, your favorite character, your first characters, and thoughts on their continued existence. Oh, so, Halley, what's your first? Uh... Um, okay, so very first character is kind of a, a subject that I don't necessarily want to Roach, because I don't want to bring down the whole banter of the, this recording. Um, it wasn't the character; it was the group I was with, and unfortunately, oh, I was I harassed see. pretty badly. Oh. Yeah, so, oh. um, so yeah, so I don't, I don't want to go kind of into that much more than Un- that. But understandable, it's, it's a good lesson. Um, however, uh, uh, I mentioned her before, but the the first character that I played for any amount of time was a halfling bard by the name of Shay. And she was that kind of college of lore, very bookish. And then she, uh, <clears throat> probably one of my favorite moments ever, ever, ever in gaming the entire time I've been playing was that they were in this, uh, like mad scientists lab and he'd long run off into the woods or whatever. And so they're just kind of, the whole group's kind of poking around and Shay's like, what's this? and taps this jar, and there's a brain in a jar. It's a very Dr. Frankenstein's laboratory-style type of thing. Yes, well, and and my DM is an old-school, like, was running a D&D, you know, back in the day type of a thing, mm-hmm. and um, had actually pulled this lab and the, the whole module out of an AD&D setting and kind of retooled it for our group and for 5e and everything, but she failed her... Uh, her will save, her wisdom save, 
um, and got basically kind of brain hijacked um, oh. <laughs> by this entity that was like, yes, you will do, you will do. <laughs> so she had her own uh, psyche and, and and consciousness or whatever word you want to use there, pushing and pulling against this very ancient entity that was like, I am no longer corporeal, but I'll ride along with you for a little while. And that's when shit got dark. <laughs> <laughs> He actually let me retcon, you know, we talked about it beforehand, but he let me retcon into College of Blades. Oh. Mm. Yeah. So it was almost like she forgot everything she ever knew. And this entity, if she was willing, taught her. She she almost like if if we'd gone on longer, she probably would have multiclassed either into Rogue or Warlock and taken this entity on as her patron. Very. It's very intense, yeah. But it, it really showed me that was the first time where I flipped on its head, and we never, uh, we you know, we weren't going around like murdering or anything like that. But it, it, an alignment wasn't really, it wasn't a big deal, um, right? But for her to go from lawful good to <laughs> this thing is now playing around in your brain like the Borg, you know, it's just like, <clears throat> yeah, it got very kind of. I was like. What's happening? What's going on? I like it. <laughs> you got borged. I, a little bit. There was a little bit of borg gun on there. I won't lie. And as a Trekkie, I was fully into it. So like, <laughs> <laughs> it, nice. it was it was interesting. And it was a really good teaching point. And it showed me the flexibility of storylines. And he taught me a lot um, with that character. Because we played for a couple of years with those characters. It was a lot of fun. And just getting to to understand that things aren't ever really set in the stone. You know, he, from everything as simple as him letting me retcon into college of blades to her dynamic and how it changed with the party and how she viewed herself and the outside world. Did it really matter that she was on this quest to go, you know, find her mom? Did it really matter anymore to her? You know, that kind of, so it really caused her to have a crisis of conscience that I enjoyed. So she became a nihilist. Mm-hmm. In a Interesting. way. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, if you want to approach it from a philosophical edge, yes. Interesting. So I doubt you regret her existence. I don't regret her existence. I would say that knowing what I know now several years down the line, the only thing, I, and I don't call it a regret because I, I don't live with a lot of regrets. Um, the only thing that I, I wish I'd had more knowledge of at the time, and it's no one's fault, absolutely no one, was that I hadn't sat down with the DM for a little bit longer and gone, but what about this? But what about this? And had more questions to ask. Fair. Well, uh, Lance, do you want to take this one? Or? Oh, yeah, no, we don't need to talk about my regret. That's okay. If it's something you don't want to talk about, we're good. Yeah, if you don't want to bring... I was going to say, yes, you do. But honestly, if you don't want to bring it up, then that's... Yeah, that's cool. It's it's, it's not dark or anything. It's just ridiculous. It was my first time playing D&D, and I got a 1.5 minute instruction of how to play and or fill out a character sheet in the car ride to the house. Oh, boy. And so he was really broken. Uh, He was a half-elf rogue i don't remember his name 
but I remember his my name is now party. he. Yeah, he. And his entire party was orcs. <laughs> oh, no. And he was on the shorter oh, side no. and he was like, he'd do horrible on everything. So I just made him so broken and so wrong and didn't get like, I mean, it was a fun campaign, but whenever he would like talk to any girl in this campaign, the orcs would just say, mm, bring her boar. Bitches love boars. And so that was, <laughs> that was the running an entourage. Joke. Yeah. That was the entire running joke. And so like, there's this tiny half elf trying to get information because his entire party is a bunch of very stupid, broken orc characters. Like this entire party was just broken. And I don't know how we didn't die. This sounds like the weirdest AU of the Hobbit, and I've always been <laughs> <laughs> would just sit there and like we actually have a picture of him just standing there looking really unamused as he's trying to talk to this woman and get information and doing horribly and his orc companions in the back, each of them holding this like roasted boar and just having this really happy look on their face, just yelling, bitches love boars. This is amazing. Yeah, this is just a really weird AU of the Hobbit. Oh my the God. is the same, but they just changed the race's protagonist. <laughs> I don't know if I regret him or just regret the campaign. Both, 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 both is good. Both, yeah, both is good. A real query. So that that'll be our last question. Thank you. All right, B. It is time. So last time we did cursed homebrew, we kind of scattershotted it in the Pokemon community, and also, and also uh, Cybertronians. And I feel like I did. I was a bit of a letdown. I feel like we didn't really sink our teeth into one the way we have in the past, you know? But Spy challenged me last time to to look into the Super Mario franchise, and I dug through the annals, and I have found the worst of the worst. Lay it on us. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the Mario kid. Yeah! <laughs> Let's go! It's me, Mario! You just literally read the... <laughs> Um, the Mario kin are a race that resemble humans, but are noticeably different from the average human. Mario kin have a wide range of heights, five and seven feet tall. The males can weigh anywhere between 200 and 330. Females can weigh 130 to 230. Most Mario kin are fairly pale in skin tone. The males are usually, usually have black or brown hair with mustaches, and the females have brown or blonde hair. Mario kin are a mysterious race. Not much is known about their history. No Mario kin ever tells their origins of their kingdom, since some question where they came from, but never truly find an answer. Are you sick of me saying the word Mario? Every time yet? you fucking say Mario kin, I have to roll a will save to not leave the call. Now, now I, I had a friend who was Mario kin. What? <laughs> Okay, now I am having bad Tumblr flashbacks. <laughs> Actually, no. Kin stuff. Um, like, I can't. And no, he was he was kin with Dirk from Homestuck. 
bad times. Now, now let me let me let me be one hundred percent honest. This does have the April tag on it. Oh, the April Fool's tag. Okay, thank God. I was afraid this was serious. I mean, yeah, if someone's just like, ha, then sure. Well, now, here's the thing. I don't, it's hard to know with these wikis, because it's like, it's hard to say if someone wrote this, and then a modman came and added the April Fool's tag to save their ass, or if someone wrote this with the intention of the April Fool's tag. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's like it's, I, you can never you can oh, never know. Y'all, I'm too old for this. I can't. <laughs> you can never know. <laughs> I can't. Uh the traits, your strength increases by two, uh, and your con increases by one. They can range wildly in alignment. Your speed is 30 feet. Your abilities are strong legs. Your legs are powerful, letting you jump to amazing heights. Your Eight jump foot vertical is... leap. Sixteen foot. Your oh, jump height God. is fifteen feet vertically. <laughs> 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 Holy shit! Yes. <laughs> Kill it with fire. <laughs> Kill it with fire right now. <laughs> Everyone, roll initiative. <laughs> God damn it. That's my BBEG in my next campaign. <laughs> no, 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 it's gotta be Bowser and all of your players are Mario kin. No, I was just gonna make a 50-foot wall. Uh, uh. <laughs> Man, it gets worse. Um, no! Oh. Lance legitimately- Okay, no, oh, it, was, it was B. I thought Lance actually left the call. Yeah. The next ability is simply called Shrooms, and it just says, uh, you are no stranger to foraging for mushrooms, you're proficient in nature and survival, and have advantage on identifying fungus. Mm. And lastly, and lastly, the Ground Pound. You, your, massive de- your massive derriere is well-versed in squashing enemies. While above oh an enemy God. smaller and lighter than you, you can attempt to land on them. Just stop, please. Blood. I can't take this anymore. Mario, thick. <laughs> <laughs> With three cues. Yep. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Mario King. <laughs> oh my god. I can't. I can't. Remember the second I need you to check our group chat. Kill it with fire. Do you want me to do that right now or save I, You know what? Why not? We're already in cursed territory. All right. You asked. I need for you it. to search. Sans Undertale. Da 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 da. It exists. Yeah. Oh, There's no April Fool's tag. No. Uh, no April Fool's tag. No. Uh, oh oh my god! I need to run a campaign where Sans is the big bad evil guy. Guys, it's worth. Guys, it's worth. B. B. It's a class. B. Sans is a class. B. I need you. To run a campaign of Strahd, where instead of Strahd, it's Sans. <laughs> Guys, I may have lied to you. It's not a race. Sans is a class. I'm not going to ask how. I'm not going to ask how. I'm not going to get into that territory. I'm not opening that door. I am not pushing that button. I think, is... I think we have to call it here. There's no way we can come back from this or top it. I, I, I don't want... I think... 
next time, next time I will read the Sans class off to you and get more details because this is a long post because it's a whole class. Oh, I will, I will only say, I will only say, <clears throat> your, I will just read the names of the, of the abilities and we can go into it another time. Oh, Level one, shortcuts, attacking, techniques. Second. Second is what? B, come back. Blame it all on me. Oh no! Just going refu refusing to let me talk about Sans. <laughs> <laughs> There's your sign. That's it. Oh okay. god! That's, all right. I will, I will only say that at 18th level, your ability is in all caps a bad time. <laughs> oh my god! That was like getting shot in the gut. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually oh. leave that Discord flub in because it just adds to the comedy of this bit. Oh, so that's God. fine with me. Okay, right. I think we that's need it. to go. Tune in next time <laughs> yeah. for more Sans before, Undertale. Before, uh. before we go, Hallie, is there any way people can get in touch with you if they like what they heard and want to catch up in the oh. before the very end? God, why would you? Um... <laughs> <laughs> I just got excited about our friend request there, Hallie. Okay. Hey, so. what's up? Uh, yeah, actually, so I run the social media, which is basically Twitter because I don't understand Instagram, um, for the Terrible Party. So at Terrible underscore Party, which I think we're likely going to rename after this campaign's over and we will just be the Terrible Party. So I can finally stop saying the STDs, dear God. <laughs> Um, I will celebrate that day with a giant glass of wine. Um, you guys will just it, be the TP. What everyone the needs. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> hey, you're what everyone wants right now, so. so but, yeah, you're right. <sighs> I didn't think about that. Um, unless you're a bidet. Um, bidet. Uh, I'm at... Hallie the DM on Twitter. Um, I am not super active. I mostly use it to just kind of like retweet our charity stuff and some of the games that are going on and some community stuff because uh, Twitter makes me sad. So <laughs> I try not to use it too much on yeah, a personal mood. level. Yeah, yeah. I left Facebook like, you know, four years ago. So oh, um, I wonder why. Yeah. Um, Fuck Zuck. <laughs> oh, God. I can't with any Zuck of that. Zuck that guy. I just, <laughs> oh, I can't. But at terrible underscore party is really kind of the place where we we do try to promote our our friends and different things that are going on. Um, so for right now, that's where all of the info is. I don't see that changing anytime soon. We usually have a pinned tweet based on what's going on. So like I said, right now it's the charity stream that's happening next weekend on the twenty seventh and the twenty eighth. I don't know if you want me to talk any more about that or coward. Do it. I will say I will try to get this episode up before you saying next week is not correct. So right. Well, that's why I was trying to not do it too much. Um, yeah. No. 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 I'll try my best. These episodes no, actually usually tend to be pretty nice in the editing department. So you don't have to do too much. That's good. Um, so we are running a charity stream. I'm hoping that we get to do one a quarter. So this will be our spring. 2020 charity stream playing for different charities that help kids especially but families as well dealing with homelessness poverty and domestic violence which is escalating right now as everyone is stuck indoors yeah. um, police are getting a lot of phone calls unfortunately about these situations so in the u.s we are playing for project night night and safe 
stuffed animals for emergencies. These are two groups that with different shelters and other small organizations in the U.S. to create kits for kids uh, who are in these unsafe, unstable households. So the kits usually include like a blanket and a stuffed animal, a book, a hoodie, things to keep them feeling cozy and safe and protected um, that they can pick up and take with them if a parent or a guardian needs to take them out of their home. And then because we are an international group, always have been. We're also playing for the UN Refugee Agency, which is just a perpetual need. And we're also playing for a Canadian foster group um, that works with kids in the foster system. I think it's the Canadian Foster Aid Agency, I think is the name of it. And they they really do a lot of work with those kids who are kind of stuck in the system up there as well. But we encourage you to find or know of a charity close to you. Um, I know things are really weird and money is super tight right now and a lot of freelancers are um, running into some issues. So we're just trying to raise awareness. We are working directly with Project Night Night and Safe. They are aware that we're doing this. They are all like full steam ahead behind it, which just makes my heart happy. And uh, so they're, they're like, yes, yay, Twitch. A couple of them knew what Twitch God, oh no, what did I do? What did I do? <laughs> they're really excited and they're like, we've never had anyone play for us before. I'm like, oh sweet Jesus, I don't know for the best group. <laughs> oh no, what are we doing? Um, but they've been really lovely. And so we know money's tight right now. If you can help just just an RT even helps us on Twitter. Um, if you can help raise awareness, if you know of a charity in your area, time is just as valuable, if not more, than money um, in these days. So Anything that you can do is really fabulous. And we have a giveaway open right now through March 30th. There's some really, really, really cool prizes to give away. Um, so I, I certainly can't call everyone out by name on the stream, but a big thank you to Tabletop Crafter and Mage Hand Press for being so super generous and donating just a ton of stuff, which was amazing. So I'm really happy and I'm really excited and it'll be fun. Awesome. That's awesome. And we're really happy we got to let you sit down, decompress, and plug this very important cause. Oh my god, I my face hurts I'm from laughing so hard. It's like <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's I a symptom of our that. podcast. <laughs> what a problem to have. Like <laughs> two minutes to realize that I had been talking to you over Twitter the last like three days. Yeah. Then I got really, really excited. So. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks, you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Hallie, for being on. Yeah, thank uh, you. Hopefully, yeah, it's great to have you. Yeah, hopefully, we'll be back with another 3DM sometime very soon. Uh, love mm -hmm. you guys. And. Da -da 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 -da.